Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. I'm delighted to report Kieran Murphy is back from his holiday stay and just in the nick of time Murph because I don't think I'd be able to navigate the labyrinthine world of Kerry Club football without you to guide me through Wow is this punishment? Uh, <laughs> you're not going to ask me to explain the Kerry uh, Club Championship No we've got Morris Brosnan from the Examiner for that Murph but I'm going to ask you to set the scene Hey Ken <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'll start. Yesterday, intrally, David Clifford's East Kerry won the county title. I'm fine, by the way, Ken. That was That's a very good. upbeat, upbeat yeah. start. No, good to have you. Oh, hi. I'm bringing the energy. Question. It wasn't just, I wasn't just asking it. It's not a box checking exercise when no. Ken asks you how, how are you on. How you actually know? are you? Well, no. You see, one time I, I used to say, say I used to respond, right? Yeah, yeah. But then Mark, occasionally, every now and again, Mark will just pop in. Yeah. Pop into my, just uh, slide into my DMs. Yeah. And just give me a suggestion to improve the show and one of them is I don't actually have to respond to you and Ken every time by saying how I am I can just rock on well, yeah. he, he actually gets bored by <laughs> you saying I'm good yeah. oh give, give me a bloody break McDevitt will you Jeez. he fucks his phone on the ground and he just gets so annoyed and then comes back 20 minutes later I yeah. better be constructive about yeah, this yeah, no, I, don't, I don't want to tear strips off him you know, you know how McDevitt gets when yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. know he handles criticism so yesterday guys I yesterday. don't care on, how you are yesterday intrally David Clifford Kent David Clifford once mm. I mention his name I know you're, you're intrigued straight away. Bellingham of Kerry football fair David Clifford's <laughs> East Kerry won the county title beating mid Kerry did Jude Bellingham ever play Gaelic football growing up I wonder he had an Irish grandfather grandparent sure. yeah could well have done yeah you never know might have kicked an elevator that's where you learned the follow through I'd say he'd be <laughs> yeah the Clifford follow through so yesterday intrally I'm not helping the explanation here by taking so long to get to it David Clifford's East Kerry won Trilly's the county title it? <laughs> it's Kerry Clarny's nicer uh, <laughs> David Clifford's East Kerry won the county title beating mid Kerry by a point despite Clifford himself getting smoked by the mid Kerry defence I'm sorry Kerry people Jeez, I had to do listen you're getting the whole soon. podcast here the least yeah, I can do right. is be able to slag off Clifford yeah um, you know with everyone getting all 
touchy about it. So this means East Kerry are club Kerry club champions, yeah? No. Yes. Uh, well, not really. That <laughs> honour belongs to Dingle. East Kerry is an amalgamation of clubs, including Fussa, home of the Cliffords, who have their own intermediate final next week. If Fussa win that, they get promoted to senior, meaning the Cliffords would represent their club in the Kerry Championship next year and would no longer be available to East Kerry, if I have it right. Yes, yeah, so East Kerry and Mid Kerry are, uh, are divisional teams, which means that they any team that uh, they can pick players from their division that don't have a senior team themselves. So if, so if Fussa are playing in the Intermediate Championship, which means that's grand, they can also play in the Senior Championship with East Kerry. But if Fussa, as you say, get promoted to senior, then obviously they play in the Senior Championship with Fussa and not with East Kerry. So they, uh, East Kerry will have to muddle along without Paddy and David next year. This has been the way of it for ages, Smurf. And there is a certain logic to it. You get players, for example, there was no guarantee... David and Paddy Clifford were ever going to storm through the levels with, with Fussa so you could have been in a situation where you actually never saw David Clifford from one end of the year to the other but he gets his chance in the Kerry Championship regardless Absolutely. of yeah. what happens with his very small club and lots of other players besides much uh, you know lesser lights mm. could still get a chance to potentially play if they're good enough to it's, be uh, yes, there's there's like, a representative team play yeah. at the top level within the county exactly there's like a level of players who may, could have played minor for Kerry under 20s for Kerry not quite good enough to play for senior, but they, the, those players would then have to go back, play with their junior team, muddle along at that level. Whereas this, the divisional setup does at least give those guys a chance to play at a really, really high level, and there's the potential for them to play in the Kerry County final. Problem with that is though. They're, those teams are all guaranteed their place in the championship no matter what happens no matter yeah, how bad teams, they are so you've yeah. got this perfect storm at the moment that the top divisional teams are brilliant they're dominating in recent years at the expense of some of Kerry's traditional powers the lesser divisional teams some of them are really really bad but they can't be relegated from the championship no matter how bad they are so you end up with a team like Karen's O'Reilly's a club team the reigning Munster football champions they're relegated from the top flight this year, so they won't even be allowed to compete in the championship next year because there are eight spots ring-fenced for the divisional teams. They've been given out to think about it. They're not the only ones. A similar fate befell Austin Stacks last year. So it seems a bit, It seems a bit, the Kerry Championship is as cutthroat as the American 100-metre sprint trials. Yeah. You know, you always have a, like a world <laughs> champion or something. Ah, oh, sorry, mate, you came fourth today. You're not in our Olympic yeah. squad. Yeah, I mean, it was, or the, the swimming trials. Often, you know, like the six Swimming's best, a better example. It me. is actually, yeah, probably. But I mean, like say the sixth best swimmer in the world might only be the fourth best US swimmer at a, at a given uh, uh, in a given discipline. Therefore, he doesn't even qualify. He doesn't even get a chance to call himself an Olympian yeah. when there is there might be fifty six competitors in that uh, in that particular discipline. That doesn't matter to the guy sitting at home watching on TV. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the idea that there's only eight clubs that are senior in Kerry is. Like, outrageous. So say if uh, Fussa win the Intermediate Championship... David Clifford! That guy. If he... If if Fussa win the Intermediate Championship on uh, Sunday, let's call them then the 8th best Kerry club team. Mm. Uh, by comparison, the winners of the Intermediate Championship in Dublin are the 32nd best team in Dublin. Yeah, so there's a senior one and a senior two championship. And then the intermediate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, the intermediate. The winners of the intermediate championship final in Dublin are the 32nd best team 
in Dublin, which kind of makes. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I've tried to repeat it so that the slow learners. It's just Simon over there (laughs) by the production uh, desk. I'm going to simplify this. I'll play a funny clip, will I, for Simon to understand? Oh, okay. It looks like a turtle. All I know is Fusa will continue their rise up the football ladder if they win next week. Who can forget Paddy Clifford's hilarious acceptance speech when they won the All Ireland Junior Championship? Play the low hanging fruit here, please, Simon. To the referee and to his officials. Um, obviously a very a tough game there to ref at the end um, a good, good job other than the end but I, when I was wrongly sent off uh, <laughs> um, not, just, uh, unbelievable how I was sent off um, and so, so but, 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 but a, great, a great job all around <laughs> the gales of laughter in a place like Crow Park it's just it sounds brilliant ah oh, yes the Irish examiner's Morris Brosnan will be on in a minute to lend further assistance on the treacherous journey we have undertaken today Monday Football Podcast is out now available to everyone do we talk about Spurs Chelsea tonight yes do we talk about Mikel Arteta's explosive post-match comments yes do we also preview the new Napoleon movie starring Joaquin Phoenix I found the crown of France in the gutter and placed it atop my own head Yes, we do for some reason. <laughs> yeah. can't, honestly, can't remember how we got there. But well, it's not even that one. We we also talked about the 1927 Abel Gance Napoleon movie and two other Napoleon movies from yeah. the last century of cinema. But hey, listen on. You know, whatever. that's available now. Only our wonderful members will get to hear Ken's thoughts tomorrow on tonight's Spurs Chelsea match. Five year a month plus VAT, secondcaptains.com. In case you haven't heard it yet, Holly Cairns, leader of the Social Democrats, is Richie Sadler's latest guest on his new podcast series episode. She spoke brilliantly about the type of online abuse she's received since she moved into public life and a frightening time last year when a man showed up at her home. Somebody like once photoshopped my head onto a dead body in a coffin and sent it to me and left a voice note saying that they would piss on me. Remember that for some reason stands out. Yeah, I guess a lot of the stuff then when you I became more and more known was like more sexualized stuff. And I think that that's the worst. Like I've no issue with somebody saying they completely disagree with my politics or mm. they hope I don't get reelected or anything like that. But it's the more uh sexualized stuff I think is the the worst stuff that I've received probably and it wasn't until um, I had somebody turning up at my house that there was obviously dealing with that but for me that changed those messages coming in because then I was like the person who wrote that message could actually be a real person that would turn up at my house just search episode with Richie Sadler to hear that chat in full and you can listen and subscribe while you're at it. You can also hear the first two episodes with Tommy Tiernan and Dr. Katrina O'Sullivan. Next one is coming out this Wednesday. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
Good luck for everyone. And here it goes. Denmark, Republic of Ireland. When we look down at the Irish squad, it's not that many names that ring a bell. We have the slight of a hand in these two games. But I'll tell you something, he went down in my estimation when he said that. We have the slight of a hand in these two games. I've never heard so much rubbish in my life. Why do we have to listen to that garbage? We have not resorted to that. It's always tough to play any British British, British team. Can I appeal to the British government to please leave our country? It's always tough to play any British team. A lot of things have been said over the last few days. Some of it slanderous. I mean, I actually was abused by Dane. Abused by Dane as well the night before. Come on, Ken. Is there a Wi-Fi? Uh, actually, we're just still on the 3G. Before we could finish explaining we weren't actually on the Wi-Fi, he goes, Wi-Fi wankers! You're all Wi-Fi wankers. In the second game in Ireland, they, they wanted to go forward, but of course they knew what happened when they went forward, so that's probably why they, they're too scared to go forward. You cheeky bastard. No respect. No honor. They're too scared to go forward. You put hard times on this country. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. What I can say is it's at least 100,000 euros in cash. cash, cash, cash. Our computer is telling us that they go to Group D. I'm having a ball floundering around. Anyone wants to knock, give me a shell. Got a chance for revenge, haven't I? Every game is is obviously tough, so... Uh... Boring. First, I thought you cheeky bollocks, to be quite honest. They're like polished wood, um, these seats. I sat in them. I had my beer in my hand, and then I was reaching for my friends. I had a bottle, had of, a wine. bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. The awful and makes me so angry. There's no telling he's as bold as a pig. I hate Denmark, not the country. Yeah. No, no, I hate Denmark, the country. I would be lying if I said I was looking for The Kerry County final should be one of the showpiece events of the club football season, especially with David Clifford playing. But yesterday's final was a sideshow, to be honest. So the main event of the last week, bickering about the entire setup of the county championship. The examiner's Morris Brosnan is on today. Hey, Morris. Oh, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Everybody might have forgotten about the issues with the setup of the championship if, if Clifford had put on one of his master classes, but he was, by his, I don't want to say he's washed up, Morris, but you know, it wasn't one of his finest performances. It's still kind of remarkable to just look back and I started that game this morning and he's still, between himself and his butter, they were still involved in every single score for this game. A quiet day for them, was still 100% score involvement, whether it be... You know, pressing a short kick out and forcing a turnover, or hit the little hand pass he gave for Luke Crowley, Johnny Crowley's son for the for the goal. So they're still, even on their quiet days, they're still contributing every single score in a in a county final. This question is the great poison chalice of GA journalism. But can you explain the Kerry County Championship to us? <laughs> every, everyone sit down. Yeah, everyone sit down. And why it's caused such ructions in the last week? Well, I started. Slightly easier part, if you could believe that, which is explaining it before getting into why it's causing such ructions. Yeah. But the Kerry County Championship is. Uh, eight clubs playing the county championship so it's a really cutthroat there is also a club championship where those eight clubs will compete in that was completed already this year and Dingle won that and then those eight clubs go into groups with eight divisional teams or divisions in certain cases there's actually divisions who've combined to make divisional teams so a divisional team might be uh, a West Kerry which will pool Lisboon with Anguiltucht or it might be uh, St. Kieran's, which will have Castle Island and Curra in North Kerry to St. Brendan's. And these eight divisions play against the eight clubs. Uh, and the reason that that has become controversial is, is very complicated. On. There's a lot of different stuff going on here. Yeah. The first issue is a, a, a cyclical issue, and that's that East Kerry are dominating. So they've won four of the last five, 
And no matter way, what way you want to paint it, if it's not competitive, immediately people will point to that being as an issue. So they're fairly, they're fairly dominant. They're a division who are dominant rather than a club that comes with its own kind of baggage. The second issue is that on the other end of that scale, certain divisions aren't competitive and they haven't been competitive for, for years. And there are, it's, it's getting worse. This year we saw a fairly farcical case where there was divisions who didn't field in games in the county championship. So they did, they literally didn't, Round robin. It was the final game of a group where they were they were out of contention, but they decided not to feel they forfeited a game. And you contrast that with clubs who are fighting tooth and nail to stay in that really ultra competitive eight, who got relegated and the divisions can't be relegated. So those clubs will be back and competing in the championship next year. Okay, so, so they're, 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 just to pause you on those two. So so far the issues are that the divisional teams are too good and the divisional teams are too bad, which is where <laughs> we're at. So what's next? And so you have you have that sex mess. On the top of that, you have, um, and it's not. I think there's been. I'm, I'm worried to even say this because of the way, the nature of the conversation around the split season in the last couple of weeks. But uh, a part of this is that the split season, because Kerry previously would have had games across a year, there would have been a very few counties who actually would have ran a fairly seamless transition. Now that's primarily because they were so invested in football, but they would have had a, huge, a full year to put on a program of games, and now that's been condensed down to to half a year, which means that. If you're a club like Dingle, for example, you would have played every single group game in a club championship. You would have got to a semi-final, won that, got to a final, won that. A week later, you're out in the county championship. You play every single game of that, get to a semi-final. So you're on a run of, of nine games. So the, the, for, for This is driven by clubs on. Clubs are, there's certain clubs, Kearns or Athletes, who are relegated, who propose a motion where all these divisions should go into the intermediate championship. But they're, they're looking at either dominant divisions or uncompetitive divisions and that what this programme again is doing to them and boiling down to the conclusion that this is not fair and it needs so I know there's been lots of different proposals some want to done away with entirely some want maybe a system where the divisions will play off amongst themselves and then one or two might come into the county championship so I don't know what the, the solution is, they will decide on but there's no question there will be change I, I think we've gotten to the stage now where what we saw this year that, that Clifford quite the, yes, that was the end of this year of the county championship because something is going to give Right, you you think something will happen between now and the twenty twenty four season? Okay, well, I suppose the the one thing that people uh, that aren't that familiar with the Kerry Championship would ask is, what is the point of the divisional teams then? And I I don't mean that in a in a kind of uh, to be put negatively because there are obviously a lot of plus points to having divisional teams. The main one being that no matter how small the club you come from, you have a chance to play in a Kerry County final, which is. Uh, kind of the that is the that 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 appears to be sacrosanct that every player in Kerry, no matter how small the club you come from, gets a chance to play in the Kerry County Fell, and the divisional setup is how that happens. Exactly, and like Murph, I think in theory that's such a it's such a lovely idea. Like that's that concept that no matter where you come from in Kerry, no matter what club you're born into. There will be no fear that if you're good enough, you will have a chance to play in the premier competition in this county in front of the biggest crowds. And this was the, the reason that this is such a big contest this year is because previously this would be the prestigious championship. Even from a club perspective, clubs would be way more invested in winning a county championship than they would be in a club championship. This was the, the go-to event. So the fact that no matter where you are, if you're good enough, you will get a chance to play in the, the county championship. Now, it's not the, the expressed intention is not to generate players for Kerry, that we will get junior and intermediate players who will be able to play for Kerry. That's a byproduct of that idea. That's a sole idea that every single club player will get a chance to play in the in that the big stage, effectively. But that in itself is a is a lovely idea, and it safeguards against so many different things. Mainly in terms of 
there'll be a, a kind of a perception around poaching of players or junior players who wouldn't see their foresee a path forward. And that isn't an issue. So you would have huge pride in, I can remember, you know, growing up really small clubs who might have a, a Drummond of Pierce's who might have a Declan O'Sullivan and the pride they would have in seeing those players and Mike McCarthy for Curra and what that would mean for those clubs to see those players playing in that competition. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose sight of that. And just to stress as well, whatever give happens, it's not going to be as extreme as some of the proposals, I would imagine. What I would foresee maybe is they might go to a, a straight knockout or a backdoor system, which would get rid of the outside of the mind, I guess, would get rid of the uncompetitive teams earlier. So they're not, be, you're not so, so familiar, but I don't, it won't be a, a drastic shift this year. I think that might come further down the line. Just to add uh, another layer of complexity here. Obviously, there's the club championships separate to the Kerry County Championship. And at the different levels, we've got FUSA who've been storming through the, through the levels, through the divisions. If they win their intermediate final on Sunday week, so we're going to see more of the Cliffords on Sunday week, then East Kerry, their divisional team, will lose the Cliffords and a few others because they will be a senior club. And similarly, on the other side, there's... The, there's so it's, I mean, it's kind of beggar's belief trying to get your head around all this stuff. Yeah, so that dynamic is very important. Whatever happens in two weeks' time is going to drastically alter the... This the two clubs or two divisions, sorry, who've been dominant in the county championship over the last years, one of them will lose a huge cohort of their players come two weeks' time. So either Fusser go up and that means that uh, both the Cliffords, but also Matt Rennie and Eamon O'Shea, who both came on, will all be no longer available. Um, on the flip side, then, you might see a situation where Aino O'Connor, Jack O'Connor's son, is no longer available to mid-carry if that, their club wins. So that will change the dynamic. A separate, totally separate to that, you have the situation where because of all the, the whatever's happening in Shirley football right now, that you now have three of their big clubs who've all gone down. That means that St. Brendan's, who wouldn't have been a, a majorly competitive division, suddenly have the pick of you know, it's really, really strong clubs. And that will, if you compare Kernerati's and Austin Sachs and try and put them, that that could be a new coming, the next coming super division. Um, so the, the dynamic of this is going to change drastically over the next couple of years. But just on on, on your point there about the, the Cliffords, for example, like the, I think this is being lost. Kerry, Kerry's, the, what they set out to do with the championship, I've been thinking about this a lot in the context of the, the split season. What they set out to do is provide a programme of games consistently across a club year so if you're a any sort of a club player if you were a, a Castle Island player at the start of the year who were beaten by Fossa in a extra time in the intermediate championship you would have started out the start of the year and you would have played county league which would be pretty competitive in Kerry you would, you would have played an intermediate club championship they would then go into their divisions and they play in their divisional championship so they were actually beaten St. Kieran's were beaten by East Kerry in the quarterfinal and then they'll go back to their club because there's also a North Kerry Championship, which they will compete in, which often, historically, that final would be played on St. Stephen's Day. So it means the training to games ratio, which is the thing that would have been constantly heralded as a, as an issue, is never an issue for those players because they have a consistent programmes of games. I think both of the Cliffords have played 25 games this year already between club and county. So that in itself is a good thing. That's that's a positive. It's, it's only trying... A lot of this stuff is going to be window dressing and it's trying to redress the balance. But I think some people might have lost sight of that and maybe jumped overboard rather than and it's kind of a boring answer but the reality is this just needs tweaks it doesn't need anything drastic yeah and I, that's such a, uh, an important point to make because I mean I was talking to a junior footballer in Galway who played five games this year you know and that's like the sum total of his season was like five games four league games and one championship game I think I and that was that was like the, the as you as you say like the Kerry system is completely labyrinthine it you know is incredibly difficult to get your, wrap your head around but the fact of the matter is they they play so much more games in Kerry than they do in almost any other county and there's a knock on impact and that's the role of honor you know <laughs> it's like and, the and the Sabaguire role of honor 
Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I don't want to drag you down on on this tangent. So feel free to, to cut me off here if you want. But just on that point about the uh, from a junior perspective, from a Galway, I played junior football in Galway this year as well. And just I, I think there's been a over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of conversation around the split season. For the first time, there's been a, a bit of negativity generated. Liam Sheedy in, in our paper wrote a, a very interesting column in the Irish Examiner. Darrell Donovan, the, the Limerick Ireland winner, did an interview with Michael Barney, the Irish Independent, where he called it propaganda about the split season. And uh, and I, you know, I fully appreciate why they want to have their say, and I have a very interest in what they said. But in both cases, as I was listening to what they had to say, they were trying to, I, to my mind, conflate local issues with national policy. So you're trying to the blame of the split season. I, th- I think people have got this totally twisted. And when they point to the split season, in the case of Kerry, or in the case of Limerick, or in the case of Galway or Tipperary, it the onus. All the split season did was give a structure. It was give a programme of games. And then the onus on county boys to adapt to that. So, for example, if you were a Limerick club hurler and you were in the situation where you played three championship games on Thursday nights this year, that meant a few players based outside of Limerick, which a large cohort of those were, were taking annual leave. That's not a split season problem. That's a Limerick problem. Yeah. Lim- the onus is on Limerick to fix that and to put that right. You can't... I, I think the, like, too often you kind of pass the book on this and expect HQ to adapt their ch- policy so that other championships can adapt to that. When the reality is that the structure was provided by the championships, there's certain cl- uh, county boys who've gotten it completely right, provided a great programme against their players, others haven't. But that's not the fault of the split season, that's their own fault. That's, I, absolutely, you're absolutely correct, uh, Morris. And there's, you know, it, I, I've seen even, you know, like the Mayo County final wasn't played until uh, last Sunday week. So, you know, towards the end of October, people people might be allowed to say, well, Jesus, like, what happened to the, the the split season? You know, we were supposed to be playing these games in the height of summer and all the rest of that. I mean, these people completely forget that in the years that Mayo got to All Ireland Finals in 2016 <laughs> and 2017, uh, I remember, uh, was it Ballantubber one of the years there won? They were out seven weeks in a row. The entire county championship was played in seven weeks. Like the like the, this idea that it's supposed to be the showpiece for like the uh, all of your clubs, all of the your me, the, the 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 GA members in that county. That the county championship is supposed to be the holy grail for those people. Just completely forgotten about. Like you just have to play it off like it's a under fourteen blitz or something. Uh, I you know you just have to laugh at people uh, at people's like the one eyed way in which so many people look at this. And as you say. If something's wrong with your county championship, that's no longer your county board's problem. It's a split season problem, which just kind of grinds my gears quite a bit. Like there are there are elements that they could change within it. So you could, for example, the provincial championships could be, club championships could be brought back, and that would force, I I think, certain county boards who have been so reluctant to change up to bring theirs back. On the flip side as well, you could be a, a bit more flexible with this kind of stuff. And I, I a large issue with, I mean, the, I know you, you referenced Mayo there. I I think the Mayo championship. I, I only saw four games, a small sample size, but I watched the the first game that was on TG Car, the the Brave Feet, uh, which uh, actually ended up becoming the final. Um, I break for Ballina, sorry. I saw both semi-finals and I saw the final. And it struck me that the whatever so there's a there's a tactical issue which is across the board in, in terms of when you talk about the state of football. There was a technical issue too. But the, from a male perspective, when you diminish the league as much as they have when you condense it down the way you do, when you're still playing the same format previously, this is kind of an inevitable byproduct, is what happens to your, your club championship. So the thing that I think a lot of county boards could do is get creative with this. Like, is there a way of injecting some prestige into your league. I know a lot of people say league doesn't matter. The league did matter in Galway because, as it happens, Park Joyce made extended panel players, anybody outside the 26, available to their clubs. So suddenly, those games were immediately all elevated. They meant more because you'd county players playing 
in league games. The same as always happens in Kerry. Kerry have a real history of letting their out inter-county players play league football, and that injects that means makes those games more meaningful. Which means that suddenly you're not talking about a, a, a mad fourteen week uh, day period where your whole year could be. You know, cast asunder because the league does matter previously. So there's a separate, there's meaningful games throughout the year. And but again, <laughs> to double down on this, that's county boards can fix that themselves. They don't need to. It's not about the GA or the split season or the calendar. All of that stuff is within your own hands now. You there's a perfect program, as good a system as we have ever had. It's not perfect, but I haven't heard a better alternative. So make the most of what you have now. You were at the Galway final yesterday, Morris Corfin, arguably the greatest club team of all time. They're back. They are back, but this is. Uh, back a, a new version of back because it's not only just multiple All Ireland winners coming on. It's an incredibly successful under nineteen team who have filtered through seamlessly and now look <laughs> ready for inter county football. Some in the case of certainly these guys, like they've got a, a really interesting club in terms of what they do internally and their ability to just generate really intelligent footballers. And as a consequence of that, coaches. I mean, across Galway on just Carfin coaches working in in several clubs to the extent where Mike Farher who won as a three-time All-Ireland winner came on as a sub for Carfin on Sunday in the senior final was a coach from one of Abbey who won the intermediate final the day before uh, he actually played a qualifying coach one of eight to win a, a qualifying and then came on in the qualifying in the next game in a doubleheader already the championship so they, they're just a, they're a really remarkable club they're very there's a lot you'd have to admire about them um, they play a great brand of football it was a brilliant game I have to say uh, probably wasn't wasn't the crowd that it deserves, but I think that again, that's in the context of for all the praise you would give Galway, and I would give them praise in their structures of it. Twenty five euros is a lot of money to charge for a, for a county final, so that's maybe something that needs to be looked at. But more broadly, you'd be very ominous about where Carfin are going when you look at this injection of young players. A perfect marriage between the new and the old, uh, a great coaching structure, and a team who can play mix it for all seasons. They really are a team who would play it whatever way you wanted. Yeah, and. Uh, d- uh... I, I'm struck by the point that you make about Currafane coaches because uh, like my own club Milltown lost uh, the county semi-final to Currafane only by a couple of points in the end uh, but coached by a Currafane man as well yeah. and it like that to me is very uh, it's very interesting because quite a few people like Joe Brawley in particular has been giving out yards about people coaching clubs that aren't you know like getting outside coaches outside managers Um but I think it would be a massive, incalculable loss to Galway football if what Currafin have built up over the course of the last 30 years was solely concentrated on Currafin and that the the you know the, the basic principles of football that Currafin are just so adept at. I mean, they're such an exceptional club. Uh, if you played them at under 14 level, at junior C level or at senior level, all the teams try and play the same way, you know? And like... That doesn't happen by accident. There is, you know, obviously Frank Morris, uh, his son David Morris is an exceptional coach. Uh, like they have, you know, hot housed coaching expertise, and the fact, the idea that you would ban those uh, fellas from not going and actually spreading the the word of how to uh, produce football teams that play football in the style that Kerfin do, that would be a huge loss to football in Galway and further afield as well. I know there's a couple of Currafin men involved in teams in Mayo this year as well. Um, I just I think it'd be a terrible loss if the, all the brilliant work the Currafin have done in relation in regard to coaching was uh, solely the preserve of Currafin and maybe then the Galway inter-county setups at minor under, under 20 and senior level. 
I appreciate it's not great podcasting when two Galway men just agree with her all the time, but I, I could not agree with you more. Like, I think it's, uh, there, there's firstly, there's a logistical issue. The amount of courses Carfin generate, they just have a bottleneck. There's not enough space in that club for them to benefit from that. But then if you think about it from the knock-on effect of that, it, it genuinely does rise the levels of football across the board. I'm, I'd be fairly adamant about that. When you look at one of the stories, that, two of the stories at a Galway club championship this year, one is the Norma Cales, who came up from Intermediate this year and were immediately an incredible the, the level they got to in senior football this year was fairly remarkable. And that was driven by a, a Carfin coach. My Cullen, who uh, were the, the coming super club, were beaten by Carfin in that final yesterday. But a huge amount of that was driven by Kira Murphy, a Carfin coach. You mentioned Milltown. That's the story of the. There's a broader point here, and it is relevant in the context of what we were talking about earlier with Kerry about what's happening to rural clubs. And the, the GI aren't going to, this is a social issue. The GI aren't going to solve this, but they are going to have to adapt to it. Um, but what, what Milltown did as a rural club getting to a semi final this year was is the story of the, the Galway Club Championship. As good as Carfin were, that's the story of it. But again, speak to anybody involved in that club and then immediately reference the Carfin coach. The situation in, and now on the flip side, like the situation in Mayo is very interesting. They've got Joe Canny, an up and coming very exciting coach a guy who would have been won all Ireland's with Carter Finn would have worked under Dave Morris who you said there previously uh, would have become very close with Stephen Rochford who is the Carter Finn assistant manager and has now gone there now I can see why he's, I know he's, he's joined the Ke- he's joined the Kevin, McST- Kevin McStay's Mayo senior football management sorry yeah yeah it's yeah, has, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah so and the, the link there is that uh, Stephen Rochford coached Carter Finn to an all Ireland title and would have so he would have played Joe would have played under Rashford previously, but I I can see Cullen Boyle, the four-time All-Star for Mayo, did make the point that from a Mayo perspective, why are we inviting in a, a Galway culture and what that means from a, a right perspective. So on that point, I I would concede that. I can see why that might leave, uh, maybe stick a, a cyclone, especially when you consider the amount of quality coaches that were already there anyway. But on the broader point, I agree with you. Like, as far as Galway football is concerned, the more Carfin coaches, the better. Morris, just lastly, a word for Gary Sice, 39 years old. We, we talked to Johnny Doyle recently. He's still going into his 40s. Gary Sice is 39. Um, it was very poignant. He was celebrating. He had his daughter there. His wife died last year. So uh, pr- pretty poignant stuff for him. I know he was, very, he was praising how, how the club has been there for him through this time. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's two elements of that. One, which is, is kind of trivial in the grand scheme of things, and one which is very meaningful. But the, uh, just to start with the trivial thing, uh, it shouldn't be lost how good a footballer Gary Sice is. Like he scored four points yesterday. He's kicking frees from the sideline on his left foot. He, I, we actually played Carfin in the championship this year, my own club, and I remember looking at who is their, their danger man and talking about scoring volumes with the Cliffords earlier. And this guy was off the charts, like leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else. So at, at 39, he still is absolutely excelling. Um, speaking of Carfin coaches, he's running a coaching conference in Galway next week. Then they will play a, their conference semi final the week after. You'd be unsurprised to hear that the team of that coaching clinic that Gary Sice has given is the kick pass um, in, in keeping with what Carfin are doing. Nice. And then the secondary point, like uh, this, this happened last September, this tragedy that um, his wife passed away by cancer. And he actually came on in a, there was a, Carfin had a championship game schedule for that weekend, which was postponed. For, for obvious reasons and he came on in that game in Pierce Stadium and I remember there was a sense of what uh, how Cara Finn had wrapped around him but the sense of how collectively opponents coming up to shake his hand as he came on in the middle of a championship game what it meant for, for a goal effect to come around him and there was nobody as any, ask any neutral who was in Pierce Stadium yesterday there was nobody who wouldn't be but delighted for, for Gary Sykes he kind of would be I think at this stage he's a bona fide legend of Galway football so yeah it's a, it's a kind of remarkable story a guy who I would fully expect to kick on in just in terms of that conversation we had earlier from a coaching perspective. You would see him. I could see absolutely see him involved in um, 
in other clubs or maybe into county setups in the in the near future. But as as a story itself, yeah, it's, it's fairly remarkable. All right, Morris, listen, brilliant stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks, guys. Give a damn about the money, being shot, take the title, take it all, and go to jail tomorrow. This chump has got everybody scared. Scared of what? You told him I don't have nothing but a prayer. Well, chump, all I need is a prayer, because if that prayer reached the right man, not only will George Fulmer fall, the mountains will fall. Oh, my God, he's won the title back at 32. Mr. Crash Young Boxer, it's something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny. You saw him on television, there was no one more beautiful. You saw him walking down the street, he was a beautiful thing to see. He moved around the ring, he had style and class, he was tall and good looking. Everything you'd want from a boxer, wrestler, football player. And to be honest with you, he belonged to the arts because he had poem, poetry, he had it all. Specimen, fighting machine. You know, it was handsome, it was articulate, it was funny, charismatic. David Clifford is playing for so many teams at the moment I'm tempted to ask does he even know the names of his teammates and that particular hackneyed gag found real world expression (laughs) in the NFL of all places yeah so you're back with us Ken you you started high energy but we actually haven't heard from you since no I'm here that's good there's a lot of Ken (laughs) a lot of Ken talking Napoleon in the other I didn't tell you there's many him was talking Napoleon yeah I mean there's a lot of Ken in the football show you were talking about Don Revy rub downs actually that was mainly Murph as well See, Murph's really just Murph's in. He's high on life. Because he hasn't been here for a he while, and, he, and he wants to stick his oar into. Everybody. You haven't worn me down yet, McDevitt. Stick his oar. Into I like to see it more positively, Ken. He likes to just remind us of what we missed last week. You know, Ken, yeah, yeah. contributing. I mean, Ted was good as a co-presenter, but <laughs> not quite in Murph's class. Joshua Dobbs is a journeyman backup NFL quarterback and is an extremely bright dude. He graduated from the University of Tennessee with a perfect grade point average and a degree in aerospace engineering. Yes. It is rocket science. <laughs> His class schedule included a course in thermodynamics, one on circuit components, another on matrix comp mutations the sort of stuff I can barely say let alone learn about Murph but even his head was spinning this week when he signed for a new team on Tuesday the Minnesota Vikings as backup quarterback and by Sunday after the starting QB went down injured Dobbs found himself entering the field against the Atlanta Falcons trying to work through a new playbook with a bunch of teammates he'd only just met he made some mistakes sure sack for a safety in his first drive a few fumbles here and there but he came through in the end completing 20 of 30 passes for 158 yards 66 rushing yards and three touchdowns including one he ran in himself and in the denouement thrilling climax to the game he led his new team on an 11 play 75 yard game Game-winning drive, I should say, in the final couple of minutes. Dogs. Did you did you watch the the game-winning drive? On it's exceptional. It's actually it's re- like it would be if it was Aaron Rodgers, you'd be okay. This guy's got some. He's got some nuts on him. Well, Murph, you're impressed by that, and that's you know I'm adding the context here. This guy did literally here here he is himself. Right, Dobbs explained after the game that the coach was explaining the play calls to him in the pre-snap huddle, so calling calling a play and saying. This is what this play means, mate. I know you haven't (laughs) much time to study this. Dobbs hadn't taken a single throw in practice with his receivers before Sunday's game. Admitted afterwards, didn't even know some of their names. 
If if we had to pull up a roster, I had to go names. Um, I would be I'll be a bad teammate today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know knew Alex. I knew a lot of first names. Alex, Brandon. Um, I know like a lot of nicknames per se. Uh, but per yeah, se? names, names. That's uh that's that's for this week. That's an assignment for this week. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not like listen. I've joined a lot of new GA clubs over the years, as, as everyone knows. On, uh, but I mean, these people are genuinely strangers to me I mean this guy these are NFL players he should know at least like if you're an no, NFL player surely you know like six no. lads on every NFL roster well he might know one or two I mean how good are the Vikings I didn't get a chance to check that up if they were Super Bowl champions he'd probably know some of the players mm. but I don't think it's there's a lot of players on a lot of teams out there <laughs> well I'm not uh, well of course and there's like the size of NFL rosters is, is hilarious and we've laughed about it for years but I mean I'm Surely every team has got like three stars that everyone in the NFL at least would know. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of guys play fantasy football in America. This you know, guy's not pissing around fantasy football. No, he is literally a rocket scientist, I yeah. suppose. So. Shockingly, he was only ranked second smartest college football player in an NFL.com article for what? his time in college. Go on, Ken, ask me. Go on. Who was uh, the number one? Thank you. Number one was Jordan Italiano who had a 3.978 GPA at the time, having made an A in every course he had taken with one B-plus exception. Hmm. Well, Joshua Dobbs doesn't do B-pluses. What subject was the B-plus? <laughs> uh, Jordan Italiano. I haven't gone as deep into him because he's just, I don't know, he's a doctor now or some, some, some shite, so he hasn't been doing anything I mean, in the NFL. Doctoring is hardly rocket science, yeah. is it? Yeah. You know, let's be honest. Our rocket scientist, Joshua Dobbs, eventually I've met a few blew Jordan years, Italiano Ken. out not, of the water. Not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, if you're going to ask me to name names, I'll, I would, of course, I'll never name names. But I think doctors. it's yeah, it's probably just as well for the for the public well being. The people persist in the illusion that doctors know what they're doing. Right? <laughs> so jo- Joshua Dobbs, smart guy, NFL quarterback. Yeah, Jordan Italiano. <laughs> Come on, dumbass. Three point nine seven eight GPA. Do me a favor, Italiano. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. It's great to be back. Thanks, Ken. Thank, Thank you. Ken. Great to have you back. Oh, oh, it's, good to, it's good to have you back, Ken. Cheers, lads. I appreciate that. Thanks I mean, for listening. Maybe insincere, but That's enough. whatever. Thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow. If you're a member of the World Service, of course, the Second Captain's Podcast is part... Now that you're back, Murph, you can help me with the last bit. Oh, yeah. Of the ACAST that's it. Creator Network. That's it. That's it. captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 